The chase is on. Welcome to Chasing Ball Game, the Wicked Quick Sports Betting Podcast. I'm Jimmy Brown, and hosting is what I do. Welcome to Monday, and what better way to start your week off than listening in on the Chasing a Ball Game Podcast? Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to uh, tune in. I appreciate it. The goal here: all killer, no filler. We want to be quick to the point. Grab information that we have found that's been given to us by the chasers who are fans of the show who always contact me via social media or email and share great information and news and stats and betting numbers that we can all use and we put it all together in a nice little package and deliver it to you in this quick hitting podcast. Let's get to the breakdown for today's show, Major League Baseball. Starting baseball because spring training baseball is here, and I'm going to break down the things to watch in spring training as you get ready to bait, bet baseball for real very shortly. Then, of course, college hoops. It's time for another betting on the bubble segment as I focus on a team that deserves a look this week. In fact, they deserve a look tonight. I'm going to go beyond the box score with a classic game from this weekend that deserves a second look. Introduce a new segment called Have You Met? And finally, I look to keep my 4-0 hot streak going as I toss out a pick against the spread for tonight in college basketball. Quickly going to head over to the NFL and talk combine odds that are out and what you can be looked for. And, and I'm going to bring up a few big names and tell you where I think they're going to be playing uh, this year in the NFL. And then, finally, it's betting the buckets in the NBA. I'm stacked with info today. I'll be on the box score, counter crunch, and, of course, another pick against the spread in the association to get your week started off right. As always, Chasing Ball Game is blazing quick with more than one pick. So let's go and let's start with Major League Baseball. I'm telling you now, people, I'm beating this drum, if you will. I'm beating it. I really think you should be betting baseball this year. If you have it in the past, um, then stick around because I'm not only going to give you the ins and outs and, and why I think it's important to bet on baseball because I think there's profit to be found. But I'll teach you how to do it if you don't know how to. Um, because what I really want to do is get a good core of baseball betters this year to enjoy the summer and make some money along the way. Now, spring training baseball is here. And look, I'm a DG too. That's degenerate gambler for you new people. And look, I'll bet on spring training baseball. I haven't done it in a few years. But every now and then if I see a game that's right or if I see an angle that's right, I will be all over it. Um, haven't seen anything yet and I haven't. Uh, I've been so busy with the other stuff. There's no need for me to do it. But I do watch it. I do watch it. But don't get enamored with some of the numbers that you're going to see first of all the ball you got ballparks that are in warm weather situations they're smaller you're going against um certain opposition that won't be in the bigs when the regular season begins so that can cause a lot of inflated numbers that'll make certain players stand out look the mets michael conforto five for seven two homers uh, i actually saw one hit saw him hit one yesterday and look maybe he's gonna have a great year maybe he's definitely gonna be on the team i'm not saying that he's not a good player i'm just saying from a betting standpoint I would hate to see those kind of numbers and then have somebody bet on the Mets to do well because of how well he is doing. So what do you look for? Well, I found out some great things I wanted to share. I looked around. I read a lot. Uh, and I found that in 2015, Dan Rosenheck, an editor at The Economist, presented a paper at the MIT Sloan Analytic Conference arguing that some spring training stats do matter. He talked about peripheral stats like walk and strikeout rate and how they stabilize much quicker in spring training than usual stats like batting average or ERA, which are highly coveted during the year and which a lot of people will pay attention to during the year. So what else do you watch for besides stats? Well, you watch for new players and new locations and, of course, injuries, um, how players are adjusting to new teams, how they look, are they in shape like your Pablo Sandoval's of the world. Uh, but be careful before buying in on spring baseball, whether you're betting on it or just watching on it. There's no need to take a lot from what you are seeing. 
If you think you know baseball, if you have a team that you know a lot about, please contact me. I want you to become a chaser, and I want you to share information with me so I can share it with everybody right here. So all you have to do is contact me on Twitter at ChasingBallGame or Facebook at ChasingBallGame, or you can even send me an email at ChasingBallGame at gmail.com. Let me know that you're a baseball fan and you're a fan of a certain team and you know them inside and out, and I'll make sure to share information with everybody right here on the Chasing Ball Game podcast. Now, Let's get to college basketball. Are you ready for March Madness? If you're ready for March Madness, you got to have a place to bet on March Madness, and that place should be mybookie.ag. They are my sports book for March Madness. They have everything that you need for college basketball and more, and if you want to bet at mybookie.ag, let them know you are a chaser. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up using the promo code CHASER, C-H-A-S-E-R, and you will get a 100% bonus up to $3,000 to bet on basketball in any sport for that matter. And right now they have a $5,000 March Madness Bracket Contest. They have a sign-up for that up until March 5th, so make sure you get on that. And make sure you tune in every day to Chasing Ball Game Podcast. I'm going to be introducing not one great contest, but two great ones this week that I'm going to talk about, and one of them I'm actually going to host. So I definitely want you to be a part of that. But for college basketball, let's go beyond the box score, and I'm going to talk about UCLA and Arizona. Look, I was on UCLA to win outright. They were my winning pick that I gave out on Friday. But what I really had my eye on for this game, I mentioned on Friday they need to start playing defense if they want to be a contender. And, man, did they deliver, right? UCLA hadn't allowed a team to reach 80 points in a game during its current seven-game win streak. Compare that to the first 20 games of the season where they allowed eight teams to score 80 points. Now they're only allowing an average of 71.5 points in its past seven games, and they held Arizona to just 1.07 points per possession this time around. So, And that was after they got blew up, blown up the last time they played Arizona. They skewered them, especially on defense. So I'm not saying that UCLA is now my pick to win at all. I just think you're seeing a team that is maturing, and they're maturing on the defensive side of the ball. We know they have playmakers. We know they can score. So I think you, you never want to... Uh, take too much from one win or one loss like Gonzaga losing to BYU it doesn't mean they're a bad team it doesn't mean you should sell them either it's just different things that you have to consider when you're betting on basketball again not my pick but the UCLA did seem about nine to one ten to one to win it all so if you like them those aren't bad odds at all in my opinion all right next segment is a new one it's called have you met the tournament will be starting soon, and you have to know all of the smaller market teams if you want to do well when the brackets come out. Because a lot of times the brackets come out, and there will be a team that you are just not familiar with. And so it's hard for you to pick them to advance in the brackets or bet on them if you don't know a lot about them. So have you met? We'll introduce you to some of these small teams. I'm not going to give you a lot. I'm just going to give you a little bit just to kind of wet the palate, if you will. So with that in mind, have you met the Oakland Golden Grizzlies? Myron Metcalf, he's an ESPN uh, writer. He did a quick recap, and he basically looked. This is a team that swept Valpo when they beat them Friday night. Now the Grizzlies will get a chance to grab a third win in an at-large berth in the Horizon League tournament. That's a nearby Detroit. Grizzlies play fast. They have a top 60 defense. They excel at the free throw line, which is huge in the tournament, and they fly up and down that court. Behind uh, Walker, Martez Walker, excuse me, who can play at any level. See, these are the kind of things, although that's just a small snippet of who they are, these are the kind of teams that you have to start looking into because when you pick a team to go far in brackets, you want them to have leadership, you want them to be able to score, you want them to play great defense, and you want them to do well at the free throw line. Oakland does a lot of that, and oh, by the way, they won yesterday. Now, let's go to betting the bubble, betting on the bubble, where we talk about a bubble team, and I've been doing this for about a week now, and this will probably be the last week of betting on the bubble because the tournaments are going to start, and man, what an incredible time of the year, right? 
afternoon basketball, right? You're out. We're supposed to be at work. You're supposed to be paying attention. But what are you doing? You're watching the scoreboard because you're betting on basketball. You're trying to watch to see what team's going to advance to the tournament. It's awesome stuff. My bubble team for tonight is Virginia Tech. Now, some may say they're not a bubble team. They're going to be in. And I get it. They should be in. The key word is should, right? They have no sub-100 losses, a top-40 RPI. Good. They do have a sub-300 non-conference strength of schedule, which means they really haven't played a lot of people out of conference. Also, no real signature wins of late. You can argue they beat Virginia, but they lost to Louisville. They lost to North Carolina. They lost to Florida State. That could all change on Monday night. They go up against the 20-win team in Miami. Now, Miami's no North Carolina, but they just beat Virginia, and they just beat Duke. A win tonight could cement the tourney for the Hokies, and that's why I like looking at bubble teams or teams that are close to being on the bubble because one game could make all the difference. You could argue the Miami win over Duke got them in the tournament. Now Virginia Tech would love to return the favor, beat Miami, and get their stepping stone into the tournament. Again, not a pick. I'm not recommending a pick on them. It's just a bubble team I wanted to bring to your attention. Now, my pick for tonight. Again, on a 4-0 run, hit UCLA on Saturday. I like the Hokies. I do. Um, and I'd actually like to back Virginia. I think they could beat North Carolina tonight, but their offense is so ugly it scares me off. So with that being said, I'm heading over to the Big 12, and I am on Baylor minus 2.5 over West Virginia. Baylor is a lock to make the dance, no doubt about it. Same with West, West Virginia. But to me, this is a big game that will set the tone going into tournament play. The Bears have lost three of the last four games to include getting beat by bubble team Iowa State over the weekend. They have to right the ship. And not only that, but after giving up 72 to Iowa State, they really need to get that defense back in check. 72 is not a lot of points, but Baylor's opponents average 62 points a game. So that's 10 higher than their average. Right, That's fewest in the Big 12, by the way, and third fewest among major conference teams. Its opponents only shoot 39% from the field, lowest in the Big 12, and second lowest among major conference teams. Home team, 4-1 against the spread in the last five meetings. This is when Baylor's going to get. Give me Baylor minus 2.5 as my college basketball pick of the night in college hoops. Now, let's get over to the NFL, and let's talk about where players are going to go. First of all, let me tell you, combine odds are out. I see them. They're all over the place. Everything from 40-yard uh, dash times and will they be over 4-point-whatever or under 4-point-whatever. Uh, we got Wonderlick scores you can bet on. Will anybody break previous records? Uh, I, I mean, there's a slew out there. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big combine guy. I'm not. I, I just think it's boring. I don't think there's uh, much to come from it. But I know a lot of people like to do it. So if you're a combine guy, hit me up. I'd love to hear why you like it. I think it's awful. But I get it. I get it. Uh, everybody loves football, and it's that time of year where we're craving football stuff. Speaking of which, we also have two big names. First of all, Tony Romo uh, is a big name everybody's talking about. Nobody knows where he is going to be playing next year. According to Nine News in Denver, uh, Mike Kliss, he reported that the Broncos are expected to at least discuss pursuing Tony Romo if the Cowboys release him. This is hilarious to me because, to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Denver wants Tony Romo. No doubt. Now, Maybe not a lot, maybe only a little, but they want him. Um, why do I think this is huge? Because right now, John Elway is just, he says, look, I'm good with Trevor Simeon, I'm good with Paxton Lynch, I don't need him. That's because Dallas wants to trade Tony Romo. If John Lynch or John Elway came out and said he loves him, he wants him, then, then Dallas would try to trade. Instead, what they're probably going to end up doing is releasing Tony Romo. And you guarantee John Elway, after he got a veteran quarterback at Peyton Manning and won a Super Bowl, you don't think he's going to try to do the same thing? He absolutely will try to do the same thing, which is why I think it's funny. Right now you get a little 
um, back and forth uh, dance, if you will, between uh, teams who are vying for all these players. So that's interesting stuff. Another player that's in the same kind of mold is Adrian Peterson. He has almost come out and begged the Giants to pick him up. Well, there's odds out to get him. The favorite to retain his services are the Minnesota Vikings at plus 250, although you could argue the field at plus 140 are the better um, the better odds. But other teams considering signing him are at least listed on the odd board, uh, odds board. The New England Patriots, the Oakland Raiders are both in at 10-1. to 1. Those Giants that he seems to want to play with a lot, 15-1. to 1. Dallas Cowboys, we know he's had some interaction with Jerry Jones in the past. 25-1 to 1 to play there. They really don't need him with Ezekiel Elliott, although you could argue they'd pair up together. One of the teams I find is very interesting is the Green Bay Packers. The odds for the Packers are plus 260, which is only a tad higher than the Minnesota Vikings at plus 250. Can you imagine Adrian Peterson playing with the Green Bay Packers? They would go bananas in Minnesota. Bananas. And it's happened before. I get it. I get it. But I just think, to me, that was the most interesting one. If if I had a guess, I've already told you I think Tony Romo should go play in Kansas City, but I, I don't. I don't believe Denver is out of the question. I wouldn't be surprised if he went there. Adrian Peterson, truth be told, I think his best bet is to hang out right there in Minnesota, although um, I do see where they could part ways with him, and the, all those other teams I mentioned would be great. I'd love to see him in Green Bay just because it would be great storylines, and we all love great storylines in the NFL. All right, now head over to the NBA, and it's time for betting the buckets, and I'm going to start with Beyond the Box Score. Beyond the box score is where I look back at the game and take a nugget or two from it. Well, this time I'm going to pair it with a handicapping theory I use when betting on basketball. The handicapping theory is called superstar subtraction. And here's how it goes. When a player is out, a player does not play, who is a star player who scores a lot of points, does a lot for a team, other players rise to the occasion. And it happened with Lowry, who was out for the Raptors when they beat the Celtics. DeMar DeRozan, who, oh, by the way, is a superstar in his own right, shot 15 of 28 from the floor, and he got a new career high in points, passing the 42 points he had against Houston in 2015. Oh, by the way, I think it was interesting to note in that game that Serge Ibaka had more time to get accustomed after the trade deadline to his new team, and he looked great on the floor, unlike some other players, DeMarcus Cousins, who's still struggling to find his role in New Orleans. P.J. Tucker, he recently got traded and hopped right on the floor at the same time. Why was he able to adjust so easily? Well, he plays a lot of defense and rebounds the basketball. It's really not something where you have to get into the game plan when they say, look, when the shot goes up, just go get the basketball. So it's easier for guys like that to get adjusted. Now, on the flip side of the superstar subtraction is fading a team when the star player returns to the lineup. That was in play the same night when the Clippers lost to the Spurs. Chris Paul came back to the Clippers after being out for a long time with a torn ligament in his left thumb. He missed five weeks. He had 17 points. He also had four of the Clippers' 12 turnovers, and he was definitely rusty. The offense took a lot of time to gel. They had just 13 points in the first quarter. By that time, it was almost too late for a Clippers team. But just keep that handicapping theory in mind. It's not consistent, don't get me wrong, because the star player label is gray in some areas. You know, Lowry is and DeRozan is and Chris Paul is, but what if it's a middle-of-the-road guy? Is it or isn't it? So that's kind of what you have to judge for yourself, and when I see it happening, I'll bring it up here, especially if I'm going to be on a play that night. Now, the Clippers also fell to 5-7 and seven in the second game of back-to-back, which is good reason to watch the calendar. And speaking of that, let's get to the calendar crunch. The Brooklyn Nets, they get a mini break because they have a three-day break before resuming their West Coast road trip, which still has an incredible six straight road games left. That includes three games of four nights and a trip from Portland to Memphis to Atlanta all the way back to Dallas. 
So the Nets are going to be all over the place. They're always a fade to me. They're an awful team. But it could get worse at the end of this trip, so keep an eye on them. Milwaukee Bucks, they played in Phoenix yesterday. Tonight they're going to be in Cavs back-to-back. More importantly, this is the start of a five-game and seven-night, so we're going to look to fade them probably down the road. Keep an eye on Toronto and Utah. They're also kicking up their five-games and seven-night stretches. And the Nuggets, they start the first of back-to-back games tomorrow night. And that will be the fourth and fifth games in seven nights for the Nuggets on Tuesday night. So, played Memphis on Sunday. They get a break. Then two games where they'll probably be very vulnerable. Keep an eye out for that. Now, on to the pick. I won with the Pacers on Friday night. Tonight, I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks. They're plus a point against Miami. They had a heat at home. Look, the Mavericks finally got their roster settled after a trade at the deadline. There was a lot of mixing pieces. They had to send guys, uh, sign guys to 10-day contracts just to get their team filled. You do have to admit their early returns from Nerlens Noel is good. Nine points and ten boards at 30 minutes off the bench in his team debut. If he can stay healthy, that's exactly what the Mavericks were looking for. The Heat, on the other hand, now don't get me wrong, they're hot. 16th win in the last 18 games. They've crept into ninth place in the Eastern Conference, and they'll play 9 of 12 at home after this game against Dallas. This game against Dallas is also the Heat's third in four nights. So not only will Miami be tired, but they will have one eye on the flight home because they're going to spend the next couple weeks in Miami, and why wouldn't they love to get it? look forward to that? The Mavericks, 7-0 against spread in the last seven home games against a team with a losing road record. More importantly, the Mavericks are 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 home games. They just cover their number when they're at home. The Dallas Mavericks, my pick for Monday night. Uh, and that will do it, people. That'll do it for Chasing Ball Game. Thanks for taking time out of your day to tune in. We like to make it quick. We like to get you along the way. If you missed anything or just want to hear it again, you can find us at Blog Talk Radio or iTunes. Join the fun. Become a chaser. Hit me up. Twitter, Facebook, at Chasing Ball Game. Say, Jimmy, I want to be a chaser. How do I do it? Let me know, and I'll put you right here on the show. I got no problem with it. Uh, just share information. Do whatever it takes. I got you here. Just like the latest chasers who have followed or shared great information like ATM, Lisa Marie, and the Jake Brown show welcome to the chase it's all about the sports betting fans the sports fans the community that we're creating and things are going great tune in tomorrow as i'm back with all the basketball information that you can ask for in college hoops and betting the buckets of course and don't forget i'm gonna have football as well i've always got football at least i try to until then win big at the betting window and keep on chasing